0: BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. Everybody, it's Lisa from BeastNet Podcast, and today I'm talking with Erica Buggin again, and we're going to talk about the Phoenix o- race OCR that we did back in uh, April. Yeah, it was yeah. April. We we're almost a month out. Wow, that's crazy to me. Crazy um, in Meridian, Mississippi, and then I know you have some major news to talk about as well regarding Mountaineer tomorrow. <laughs> so Thanks. let's start with um, with the Phoenix race. Um, that was a crazy weekend, like
1: crazy right. weekend.
0: <laughs> um, first off, just being in the Southeast for me for the first time ever, being with you, which, oh my God, that was amazing. But five states, what, in 24 Wednesday. hours? Yeah, pretty yeah. much in yeah. 24 hours, yeah. to five yeah. states, back and forth. So yeah. that was an experience. Um, in a jeep. <laughs> yes and in joey's jeep which uh, there's not a lot of room in that Jeep.
1: <laughs> nope. Um, but that was awesome That's how we that we- roll in this family though we don't we don't we don't like a lot of space we like to all be together all be together <laughs> nice and cozy great. <laughs> um, that was an awesome road trip
0: I think I spent half my time looking out the window versus really talking to anybody because I was just amazed at everything going on. And well, we NASCAR got you fan.
1: country. <laughs> yes,
0: you did. <laughs> but the race was like, I have to say, that was one of the most humbling races I've ever been a part of. And it wasn't necessarily the race itself, it was with more heart than scars. Like yeah. to f- see firsthand the amount of teamwork that is required the amount of communication and yeah. trust. <laughs> yes, trust is another word to put there with on so many people with so many people on so many levels. I really didn't do a whole lot during the race. I pretty much just sat back and observed other than, other than when I was on um on wheel with you. You're like My side girl yeah. yeah I was your side girl and that was challenging and again humbling as well but even just as we got to obstacles, just sitting back and watching the way everybody communicated with everybody and helping you get over them and Chloe and just, yeah. it was amazing to each me. other.
1: I mean, yes. I, you know, I, it's funny because everybody always thinks that like me or Chloe, like the adaptive athlete is like the one that everybody's tending to, but that's not true. Everybody, we all need each other. Yes. Um, and um. more often than not, there's able-bodied people that are on our team that also need that extra boost from a partner, from a teammate to be able to get over a wall. Yes. Oh, it's, it's no man left behind. We start together and we finish together no matter what.
0: Yes. And that was so true just to see that and watch that. And, you know, Everybody, whether you're a wheeler or a walker, I've learned those terms very well now. (laughs) Um, Everybody has their own story. Everybody has their reasons for doing it and their accomplishments and their trials and their obstacles. It's absolutely incredible to me. I, I was so emotionally and mentally filled from that that it was unbelievable. Physically, I was tired and exhausted, but, you know, three hours time difference and you know, five states in one day, five states in one day, and then a what seven mile race
1: on top of it? Shnuffin. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, and you know, I think that that was to say, like, um, that race was brutal. It was brutal, but it was it was also one of the most beautiful venues out of any of the Phoenix races that I've ever raced. And you know, I support Phoenix as much as I do Spartan, um, yeah. and yeah, he does a lot for us adaptive athletes. And, and Jason, bye, and um, yeah. Just making sure that um, it's all inclusive and going above and beyond to make sure that our team um, is able to come and and complete these races. Um, But when they said 5K, I wasn't expecting seven miles. And so that was the brutal part of it. Um, You know, those trails were no joke. And no. I, think, I think the trails were even more so um, challenging and, and caused us to like really, really kick up our endurance um, more yes. so even than the obstacles. You know, it was, it was pretty crazy terrain um, that, but again, such a beautiful venue.
0: It was gorgeous. I had a hard time paying attention to where my feet were going. In fact, I may have tripped myself once or twice because I wasn't paying attention to where my feet were going. I was like gagging, looking around at everything. And it was
1: gorgeous. Um, the lake, the, oh, it
0: was so beautiful. Oh,
1: Had it just been just a little bit warmer. So like maybe a month later, like the month of May, I would have gotten in on, there was that one water obstacle with well, the cargo net that you go across. Do you know yes, what I'm talking about? Yeah,
0: I do. And there was that wall yeah. that you could go into as well, but I'm like, mm, I'm with you too. I was like, mm, no,
1: nope. yeah. it was still just a little bit. The, I mean, it was beautiful weather. Couldn't have been a more beautiful day as far as the weather was concerned, but it just wasn't yet warm enough for the Southern girl to get in uh, the water.
0: It wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't warm enough for the northern girl to get the water. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, see the people get the water. I was like, oh,
1: you brave souls, because no. Yep. Yeah. And, and like my biggest thing as an adaptive athlete and specifically having a spinal cord injury is that my body doesn't regulate temperature. And I know we've talked about that, um, after Carolina beast 2019, uh, oh, that was a shit show on so many levels. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, I, I DNF that's, that's still to date the only, um, course I've never been able to complete. And it was definitely the weather that worked against me, but more so the weather causing my body temperature to drop and just not being able to get it back up. And yeah. so even in the warmer weather venues like what we just did with Phoenix um and in Meridian, um, the, the day was was beautiful. And um if I wasn't doing a race, would I have got in and tried to swim? Absolutely. If I would have known I would have been able to get dry and warm right away. But in the midst of an OCR, that's the last thing I want is to get into water, just like, oh my God, because it's so gorgeous. And then yes. I'll be able to get warm and regulate my body temperature. So
0: yes, exactly. And for me, it was just a nope. That was just a nope. I, I was being nope. a chicken on that one. There was an open, I was noping out of that, but I really, um, I noped out a lot of the obstacles and it wasn't for me. I realized when we got there and got going that race, wasn't about the obstacles for me. It was about just witnessing more heart than scars. I don't even know how other way to put it, but witnessing that and everybody just amazes me like sorry Don I'm swearing um sorry, <laughs> but it, it absolutely fucking amazes me the amount of selflessness that mm-hmm. is a part of that team and the open arms and love for complete strangers like you guys took in me Don and MJ like yeah the three people from the northwest you'd never met before Well not in person met before, but right, you, right, 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 right. you guys yeah. like, took us in and it was just amazing to be a part of the team, to see how it all worked. And you guys are incredible, like Thank absolutely you. incredible. And the personalities of everybody were Phenomenal and hilarious, just like we're a crazy crew, (laughs) but it's crazy awesome. (laughs) Yes, it is. And Julie and um Jason, Jason, yeah, they put on a really. It was a good race, like it was good race. And I'm to all. I don't know. I I love the swag. Like this is. The most comfortable hoodie i have right now and i'm still <laughs> living in it um yeah it was great like i went home and my new car is now tagged with a phoenix a beast <laughs> and a more heart than scar sticker i'm like oh yep yeah. slap 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 you're <laughs> in the tribe now <laughs>
1: um once you're in you're in forever you're a lifer oh i ain't going nowhere you want to keep you <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think
0: I have a pretty good feeling I'll be back that direction in the next year. I <laughs> <Can't> uh, wait. <laughs> so, yeah, I was amazed by it, and Chloe, you and Chloe, just like I got to, I was lucky enough to be your guys' roommate, and the two of you are so. I love you guys. I love you guys so much. It was a great time. Your personalities, your sense of humor. Chloe's one-off little remarks every once in a while. I was just like, what? Yeah.
1: Uh-huh, you know, I like you. Chloe, Chloe was actually um, the first. I mean, we we already had developed a relationship before we did a race together, but we really, really bonded. Um, her first race with me, um, which was in 2019, December in Central Florida, Spartan. And um, I was working on my beast that weekend, but I had already um, held myself accountable that I was also going to do the sprint the next day because it meant it, it meant the world to me to be able to not only have just another adaptive athlete on course with me, um, but somebody that I love, um, as, as wholeheartedly as, as I love our Chloe, um, it's 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 funny because in our community, in the Wheeler community or the community of people who are differently abled, we have these unspoken bonds. Um and it's funny because we we bond and and get to know each other and become very close quickly. And it is because of that commonality, that camaraderie of like, I know that she understands my life. And even though her disability is different than mine, she has ataxia um, and still is, um, able to use her legs, um, and, and ambulate some with, with Kevin, her, she's got with a really it that you, it. you bring everything. So awesome. Kevin <laughs> is amazing. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, Um, even though we don't have the same disability, I still know, like, we just relate to each other on so many levels, um, and even more so than just being two women. Um, you know, we, we get each other, we get each other's struggles, we get our challenges. Um, and we're, we're both always encouraging each other. And it's funny because she's always telling me like how much she looks up to me. And, you know, I look up to her just as much because, Again, our challenges are different. Yeah. And there are stuff that she has to deal with that I don't necessarily know that I would be able to. And then I think vice versa, you know, and to be able to be on course together um, for the first time, to be on course with an adaptive athlete that I love as much as I love my Chloe Dean. Um (laughs) yeah, it just it it was um it was amazing. So I was so so very excited um when Joey told me that uh she was gonna come do the Phoenix race with us and Meridian, like that was. Um, definitely icing on the cake, um, having her with me. And um, you know, one of the things though that people don't realize is when and you saw this firsthand, and with both of us, even though we have two totally different ability levels, um, we both chose to be in the chairs on um, that one because Chloe's getting weaker um as her disability progresses and it's getting harder for her to walk. And thank God we did. Um, right? after, well, we yes. imagine being a 5K. OCR because five k OCRs are never actually just five k, um, yep. but it turned into a seven mile race, and um, you know this is what you were witnessed firsthand is that it appears to some people who don't know any different that we're just getting pulled through a race. They're not realizing that the times that we're not pushing our chair um, is actually to save our shoulders and the rest of our energy to be able to conquer the obstacles because yes. doing both is extremely taxing, um, but also, I'd like to mention um people don't realize the strength and the concentration that it takes mentally to be able to keep ourselves in the chair when the terrain is as insane as that course was. Oh, yeah. um, we literally can't push ourselves because we're having to hold ourselves in that chair. Oh, um, yeah, and make sure that we're not falling out. I mean, we have people on the sides of us and in front and, be- and behind us, but at the same time, we still have to keep our bodies, you know, um uh balanced and um. I think it's, it's just as mentally taxing as it is physically. Yeah, so we joke around that at the end of the race on the ride home or in the hotel, whichever it is, depending on what race it is, we still can feel like we're in the chair. Like we're like on a bumpy road while we're trying to fall asleep. So it's like similar to what some people experience when they go and swim in the ocean and then they get out of the ocean and at yeah. night they still feel like they're in the water. It, it's the same thing for us being in the chairs. I mean, it, it is it is physically and mentally taxing just to be in the chair itself. I so not even saw that pushing the chair or the obstacles. Yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: I saw that while cause I was behind um I was behind you a lot of the time, like behind yeah. you and Joey. And there were a couple of times where the train got really freaking tricky. Like you can see the chairs going this way, and you're trying to like you're counterbalanced. Yeah. You're counterbalancing the whole time.
1: And yeah, it is going to take or a the lot of- front gets caught on something and nobody can see it. I see it first and I use my body to body pop the chair up. up. Yep. I saw that you know, too. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that unless you're actually out there on course with us that you don't realize that no. we're doing. And so it's not as, um, as sweet and, and I guess heroic to think of <laughs> other team members that like, they're pulling us and helping, they're they're taking us through a race. Like, no, we're we're working the whole you time. You really are. You know? yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I actually had somebody say something to me um not that long ago. And this just kind of shows um the the lack of knowledge and um I guess just educational opportunities. <laughs> There's lots of them out there for us. Um, where somebody said, and um, it was in another podcast you know, well, you're not really doing much. Like you're getting pulled through the race. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 (laughs) no, no, my grasshopper. That's what it appears to be. If you're not with us and you don't see, you know, we're just going past the festival area. Like a lot of times that's like our break. We're like, ah, okay. We can let go for a minute and like, let them pull us. And you know, um, but, but it is, it is a challenge. Um, again, yeah, physically and mentally. Well, yeah, it really is. And, you know, I
0: think that's where maybe if that's how you feel that it is, you need to step back and step up oh, and a volu- step up as a volunteer and just yeah. go see it, what it takes physically and mentally for
1: you guys, let alone every other. Oh my gosh, my teammates the, who are taking us humans up, yes, and helping us over seven to eight foot walls, or you know, Joey, the beast that he is. I mean. He throws me on his back like a sack of potatoes and, and we go, you know, oh, and, and yes. I think like, what is this doing to, to his body? You know, he's, right. he's a human and, and not only that, I'm an adult human. Um yes, Exactly. And, you know, it was
0: interesting. Like, you know, you think of Spartan race races or any obstacle course race, you know, and you got the ones where. You got the ropes, and you gotta go down a hill, and never like it didn't click with me. I'm like, holy shit! How are they gonna do this? They have <laughs> to go through that too, and then watching that happen,
1: like, wow, like yeah, the steep cliffs and drop offs. I mean, I get now. No, we do with, with more hearts than scars. So it depends on the athlete. Yeah, um, obviously they they let the athlete have their voice, and um, so with me, I, I'm a little edgy, and I'm not afraid to fall or get hurt, um, nor. Would it hurt me anymore? I mean, I guess I could get paralyzed more, but I don't know. Anyway, Um, but I, um, you know, we don't always. I don't always have a harness on, and and I think it needs to be said that's my individual choice. Um, It's the organization. So specifically, Zach, who is the co-founder of More Hearts and Stars, the nonprofit. If if I wasn't a forty-year-old adult who likes to speak my mind and say what I want, um. he, he would make sure, I mean, I would be totally harnessed and, but because I am an adult, um, and Joey and I have done this so many times now, um, independently that we've, we've learned each other over the course of of the last three years, we've learned each other. He knows how I move. I know how he moves. And we both have confidence in ourselves and our own abilities Yeah, um, that for me. So, it's, it's a really big thing for me as an adaptive athlete to do as much as I possibly can physically by myself. Um, with that being said, obviously, sometimes I don't do as much as I physically could do for le- for sake of time because we're already usually further behind than most people that start at the same time as us. So We don't want to be out on course for 16, 17 hours if it's just a 5k or a 10k. I mean, that's, that's just crazy for everybody. So, um, sometimes I do it out of convenience, but for the most part, um, to save time a lot of times, and because I am so vocal and want to do it as much as possible. Um, we learned inadvertently how to do things. So a lot of people, I, I hear everybody kind of get silent when it's a steep cliff drop off and I'm just kind of hanging on his back and people are like wanting to hold me and we're like, don't touch us. Like we've got it. Like you can be there to spot just in, case, but yeah. we've got it, you know, um, is, is, is huge. And it's, it's one of the things that um, I love so much about Joey and I's relationship and yeah. the huge amount of trust that I put in him. And um, because with my PTSD, and we've talked about my PTSD before on, yeah. on podcast, um you know, with my PTSD, that was one of the biggest things is, is learning to trust other people with yeah. my body. And, and with, you know, by, by saying with my body, like, um, being, carrying me and not dropping me or pulling me out of the chair or, um, you know, I have to know that I can trust that person to not only listen to me and what I'm saying, um, because I know myself and the chair better than anybody else. Um, the chair kind of is a part of me. Um, it's how I move. And so, um, it's second nature to me, um, but, uh, yeah, trusting somebody enough to have to say no I do not want that body harness on no I do not want a rope attached to me I want to challenge myself and yeah. it takes a lot of strength to hold on to him just as much strength as it takes for him to hold on to me yeah. and um, um, yeah I just I just truly appreciate those moments because I think those are the moments that people see that are like wow okay well, we get yeah. it
0: wow. I got my hand on your butt yeah.
1: Yeah. oh my god yeah.
0: We got you, just hold on. Oh,
1: yeah. I'm going to cheat
0: on you. There you go. Are
1: you Car nervous? You got the right.
0: Almost there. You got
1: it, you got it. Yeah, but I'm going to just
0: dirt okay. crawl for all Yep, belly flopping down. Awesome. Do you like the beast net? Do you want to keep hearing it? Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at BeastNetPod. You know, yeah, it was watching that, but it was also like how you guys worked as a team to get your chairs from the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill and all the intricacy that goes into that to make sure that they don't get damaged as they come down as well. Like it was just, it was amazing. And it was just like, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I th- I think that's where I spent most of my co- time contemplating the race afterwards was all the intricate workings of the team and how it all comes together and how well, and just the preparation.
1: Yeah. The hours upon hours that Joey and, and Zach, when he's with us, but predominantly if it's not in North Carolina, usually um, Zach's not with us and it's, you know, Joey and I just kind of go and and whoever else from the team joins us. But people don't realize the amount of work that they put into planning this and making sure that they have everything you can think of that we as adaptive athletes may or may not need on that course. And so, um, yeah, it's one of the things that I'm truly, truly grateful for. Like Joey's the man. Yes, he is. <laughs> he remembers everything. I mean, like to to a, to a point that I've gotten kind of spoiled, where people will reach out to me and ask me about like details and logistics about a race. And I'm like, don't ask me, because Joey takes care of all of that for me. And as much as I feel sometimes I take it for granted, I think that it needs to be said how much it, it means. Um, because yes. the mental preparation, again, because of my PTSD of just getting to the race, just getting myself out of the house and into the car to get there and fighting that level of anxiety. If I had 50 other things to worry about logistically, I probably wouldn't go. I would back yeah. out. Yeah, I could see that. I, I appreciate that so much, you know, that So there, there is, there's a lot that goes into this and it, it's so much more than just them helping the, the athletes in wheelchairs through a course. Um, yeah. It takes time and, and lots of love and dedication and selflessness to make this happen for us. That's like the key word right
0: there with your team with, with your team, with more heart than scars. Is is it's that selflessness. It's yeah. the putting your putting others before yourself is the number one thing. And it's absolutely awe-inspiring to see. Mm-hmm.
1: Um I love it. I love the team. I love everybody I'm so on the team. <laughs> thankful that you and Don got to come out, and Melissa, you yeah. guys need to come out and and do this race with us, and join us on the East Coast, and finally be able to really, really see firsthand everything that we're talking about. You know, yes, and, and be a witness to it. I mean, you guys are some of our biggest supporters. Yeah, so it
0: was.
1: It was that. amazing.
0: It was so amazing. I loved every minute of it. The whole trip was just like. It was awesome. I had a
1: hard time. And I have that. to say, you are the MVP for riding with me while driving, and I gangster rap the entire time. <laughs> that was so awesome, though. <laughs> I told you I'm not I'm not a rapper, I'm a rapper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was the one of the best parts though. That your um your very uh, explicit thoughts of Atlanta traffic was on point. By the way,
1: oh, Lisa got to see a little bit of road rage. Except for I don't actually do anything. It's just all verbal. <laughs> You're just, it's just verbal. It's all a big deal. Um, I hate Atlanta traffic. <laughs> I think that what was it the last what hour?
0: 45 minutes or so of the drive home from Georgia to North Carolina.
1: I tried so hard to stay awake so hard. At one point I looked back in the backseat. I think I might've said something to it and you didn't say anything back. And I like look back and you are like straight up and you can tell that you're trying to stay awake. Your eyes are closed, but you're trying so hard to sit up. It was <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, she's done. Like she was <laughs> so done. done. We got back to my house and I think we both were like, yeah, no shower. We're just getting in bed and going to sleep. We're oh, like, for like we'll shower tomorrow. <laughs> exactly what it was. Like, I'm,
0: I'm going to bed. Like, sorry. We're just, we're just gonna Cooses. go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys had some like amazing uh things come through, and um yes. we were able to promote while we were there and um yeah. still promoting so you gotta give us all the details about your
1: upcoming trip in September. Yes. So um this has actually been planned since 2019. Um and it was supposed to happen in September of 2020 that COVID hit. And uh we all know that uh yeah, our lives are turned upside down and plans were changed for everybody. But um <laughs> I um and um some people from my team, a lot of the core group of the team, um are traveling to Tanzania. Um, Actually, we leave New York City on September 11th um, to fly into Tanzania um to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, which is um, the highest peak in Africa, and it's one of the world's largest mountains. Um, it's actually a volcano. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 19,374 feet. I think it's a total of 62 to 64 miles to summit. Um, 10 to 15 people die on that mountain every year because of altitude sickness. Um, we will actually be going through five different climate zones, starting from the bottom, which is rainforest, all the way to the top, which I believe is called subpolar, um, where it's ice capped all year round. Um, so when you think about that, like this is Africa, right? Like there's yeah. no snow and ice in Africa, but there is in Kilimanjaro. It's that high. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 funny because um, most people that when I start to talk about this, think that my motivation behind wanting to climb one of the world's tallest peaks um, is because I'm an adaptive athlete and because I'm in a wheelchair. um, But that's actually the furthest thing um, from the reason that I'm doing it um my motivation is actually because I really really I mean everybody that has heard me on previous podcasts and that follow me know that I'm a huge huge uh, mental health advocate and um I'm actually doing this taking on this mountain with my team's assistance um to bring awareness to mental health um, as well as suicide prevention but specifically in the spinal cord injury community and the, the disability community because um, as I was going through my own healing journey um, and you um, I've lost several friends in the disability community to suicide and it all happened like simultaneously, um, which was uh, a really, really dark time in my life. Um, but during that time, as I started my healing journey and therapy and, and being coached as well as becoming a coach myself, um, I started researching like statistics for the disability community and suicide, um, as well as mental health. And the statistics are very, very vague and almost non-existent. And um, that's very, very, very um, devastating to me because we matter just as much as every other group of of people in in the world. Um, But because we are such a small population of people that a lot of times we're overlooked. And um, so I also... um, in, in planning for this trip to Kilimanjaro, like I said, in in September of this year, um, go back to 2020 and, um, a, an investigative reporter reached out to me. Um, she was writing some articles for, for Vogue and Forbes magazine and, um, I think was working on, and I, and I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was a project for and that was going to be pitched to ESPN. Um, and so her passion, her name is Allison Norlean and her um, partner and also um, co-founder of her production company, Bird Mind Productions. Um, their, their passion is bringing awareness to the underreported um, communities in our country and the deficits that exist in those. And the disability community is, is, is a huge one. And um, so she, she reached out to me um, just to interview me as an adaptive athlete. Actually, it was more so about CrossFit and, and my competing in CrossFit and training in CrossFit. And um, as the conversation and the interview went on, at the very end of it, I just kind of, Allison says, I um, I nonchalantly was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm climbing Mount Kilimanjaro next year with my team. And she was like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you just say? And I am like, oh yeah, we're climbing, we're going to Africa, we're climbing a mountain. And she's like, shut the front door. <laughs> and, um, she's like, I'm really interested in learning more about this. And, um, so, you know, I, I, give her some more information and she's like, do you mind if I call you back? Like, I want to talk to my partner, my production comp- partner and, um, and give you a call back because I see an even bigger story here. And i um, like, absolutely. And I'm like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm not doing it because I'm an adaptive athlete. It has nothing to do with my wheelchair. I'm doing it because my passion and my platform and everything that I do comes back to mental health, wellness, and suicide prevention, because that is, um, that is, that is one of the, the biggest things that is important to me is, is preventing the loss of life. Um, yeah. because of lack of mental health, mental health wellness and um, it's what caused me to, to start my career. So anyway, a couple of days later, she calls me back on a call with her, um, her business partner and um, we are now and have been since February. And I'm so unbelievably excited that I can like publicly talk about it now. And um, we have been filming for a documentary. So it'll be a full feature link documentary called Meandering Scars. Um, it is being written, directed, produced all by Birdmind by Allison Norlean and Cody Leibowitz, which is her um, her, her, her business partner. And um, both of them have been in media for many, many years and are very accomplished. And um, this will be their first feature-length film ever documentary. And so I'm super, super excited about that, to be a part of, of this with them and to be the yes. first real big feature-length documentary. Um, but I'm even more so excited that if this film could save one person and get them out of the dark space and help them find beauty in it somehow, some way, then every all of this craziness that's going into this climb is going to be so worth it. Yeah. Um so we currently actually have um, a Seed&Spark um, fundraiser that's going on that is um, all of the money, all of the proceeds. None of it goes to more heart than Scars, the nonprofit. Um, it all goes to the production. And yeah. um, to help us make this film successful, help um, everybody that um, is a part of the film crew um, be able to get their money back in their pockets for it. I mean, they have literally paid out of their own pockets to take this trip with me and climb this mountain. And so, um, you know, our hope is that this will be picked up by some big streaming services like Netflix or Hulu, National Geographic, Discovery. And, um, you, you know, it, it'll it'll definitely be in front of all of those big names and streaming services. Um, we're hoping that this turns to be successful, but we need everybody's help um, to yes. get this production done. And, um, so I'll actually share with you the, the link, um, oh, after yeah. all of this, if you guys would like to attach it to, um, um, if we'd like to attach it, come on, Erica. Um, so, you know, this is, again, this, this documentary is, yes, I, I am the focus of it. Um, but the more than anything we want this to be empowering and a film that's going to create change and um gonna create action and for people to see the disparity and um how We, yes, we are a very small community. And I guess some people look at us already compromised. So like whatever, but not realizing um, that we are vivacious and productive um, members of this society, just like everybody else. We just move differently. Um, And we do things differently, but we're bringing so much light and encouragement and motivation to so many other people who may be fully able-bodied, but say are, are, are telling themselves they can't. And, um, they, they can't go on anymore. And, um, I just think that, uh, yeah, I, again, it's not even what I think it's my hope is that this impacts somebody at least one. Uh, hopefully, yeah, thousands.
0: It, Oh, it totally will. 100%. Like, um, <laughs> you mentioned just nonchalantly, that is totally you. I'm like, Oh yeah, by the way, I'm just, Doing this, like, excuse me, wait, what? Did you just, did you just drop no it? You're climbing a mountain, like, no big deal. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I can totally
1: see how you dropped that, um but no, that's absolutely well, incredible. That for you're me, it's that. not like it's I'm not, not doing this. When I mean, when they first, you know, approached me about doing a documentary, I never wanted this to be fully about me, um because my my story is just one out of millions you know, and, and every single person on my team have their own scars. They're just not as visible as mine. And a lot of times I feel like mine get more of a spotlight because there's a visible aspect to it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's funny because, um, I still, I still stand very strong in that. Although I am the focus of this documentary, um, my hope is that it's so much larger than just my story. Um, mine is just one from somebody who's willing to be vulnerable enough to show those scars and to hope to make a positive impact by by being vulnerable. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I can totally see that. It's one of those things, like what
0: you said, like the mental health side of it, um, especially for adaptive athletes and <clears throat> Anybody who is having an adaptive lifestyle due to physical limitations, even mental limitations, like that is something that is still, it's crazy to me that even still to this day with everything that's gone on in the last few years, mental health and all of that
1: is still like a taboo yeah, it's taboo to talk about, but I'm like, well, but wait. well, a lot of that, a lot of, a lot of the reason for it is because there is such a negative stigma attached to it. Um, on top of the people that are usually dealing with it and living with it or trying to live with it, um, typically have guilt and shame attached to it. Um, and you know, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm really, really trying to change. And I'm only one out of, thousands of mental health wor- warriors, you know, yeah. um, trying to make change and, and bring awareness and open up that conversation and say, Hey, I, I, I'm going to share this with you. And this is why, and I hope that you can also see that your struggles could one day be somebody else's survival guide, you yes. know, had it not been for people being transparent and authentic and, and vulnerable with me. I may have never gotten the courage to be transparent about my battles with mental health. You know, I, I hid it behind a mask for many, many years um, behind crazy titles, like Miss wheelchair America and fancy wheelchairs and, and being on billboards and in magazines and like making it look as if I, I was living this, this amazing life and, and, and um, had like this celebrity status. And um, that, that wasn't true. I was living two lives because when I was home, yeah. I was dealing with that darkness and yeah, you're,
0: the masks. I struggling. Yeah, I was struggling. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Everybody, I think, who has struggles from a mental health disorder has a mask that they put on to the world yeah. and they have. That mask is taken off when they're at home, and sometimes it's not even fully taken off at home. It's when they're alone in their own space, their own thoughts, where that mask comes completely off. And it's um, it's been in the last year, like I have to say, working with you as a, my coach, I've been able to come to terms more and more with my own struggle with my PTSD and everything that goes around that and. I feel like I'm starting to find my voice when it comes to that and more and more. not be ashamed of it. Yes. And that's kind of how I felt like I was ashamed. Well, you know, there's something wrong with me. Well, no, there's not something wrong with me. I've been, there's
1: damage that I'm trying to repair, repair and sort through. And yeah. some of it, so it's funny because with, especially with, with PTSD, you know, whether it's, it's, com- you know, combat PTSD, PTSD, complex PTSD, which is what we have. Yeah. Um, it's not something that ever necessarily is healed or goes away. No. You learn to live with it. Yes. You, you learn to change your response and not allow it to control your life. Exactly. You know? But that is the hardest part is learning not to allow it to control your
0: life. Exactly. I have to agree with you on that. And I've become more and more aware, partly because of you and the stuff that like, the stuff Joey posts about mental health, just like, I see this, st- the statistics that he puts up, and I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Like, and, you know, I have to say, like, for myself, I am, um, I have attempted twice for suicide. And, that's even hard for me to like, come out and say, because it's like that dark, like, oh, shh, like, it's like a dark secret. Because you don't
1: even need to like think that you're, you're crazy or psycho or any other yeah. derogatory and term that's been used for been people used with mental illness. Exactly.
0: And it's also, you know, I see people say, well, you know, think about the people you leave behind. That's exactly why I thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. And the people and the people who do go through with it that is a pain that is so deep that you can't like there's they're not tired. even a yeah there's not even a pin drop in the ocean that can describe how deep that pain is and to them they're lessening the pain for others even though it doesn't feel like that and it's
1: that's how they're rationalizing it that's yeah it's how they're rationalizing they're taking it taking the burden off of the people that they love not realizing that the pain transfers to the people that are left They do love it, them Exactly. You
0: know? And you know, it's one of those things where it's like people I think we it's going to take small waves and even big ones like with the documentary that you guys are filming to start really shedding a light on that. Not just for the everyday person, but for the adaptive athlete, for the combat veteran, for yeah. everybody to really see like mental health, it's not a stigma. It's not something that is just like, oh, wow, well, there's something wrong. No, we are going through daily struggles and they're not visible. They're right. not always visible. And those are the hardest battles to fight. And we need to start stepping up and being more aware and present, I guess, is the best way to put it. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, how many of you are going? Do you guys know
1: for sure right now? Like for the team, like how many so, do you? Um, I believe it's eight people that are actually helping me up the mountain. But then with the film crew, I believe they have another six to eight. Um, because. Okay. With the- the film, the film crew. Um, we've got drone operators and videographers and photographers and sound. I mean, it's it's a full production. Awesome. That yeah. is awesome. So, um, yeah, but uh, the core team that's helping me. I believe we have eight. Um, and uh, all of them are literally, uh, they're 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 my angels. You know, because without them, I wouldn't be able to do this. Um, you know, and and because this isn't a Uh, it's funny. It's, it's not a more heart than scars thing. Um, but yet it, my team is who everybody on everybody that's coming with me is on more heart than scars. Scars. And so, um, it was also very, very important to me for, um, with the documentary that some of that story was shared because more heart than scars is such a huge, huge part of my life. Um, and, um, yeah, my my teammates—they're they're my safe people. They're my family, my chosen family, and um, so although the filmmaker's um, vision was not for it to be about the 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 five hundred one c three that the organization, yeah, um, it is a huge part of my story and will be talked about, and um, I don't want to get too far into it and, and let any. Letting these let secrets out, um, but some of that story will also be shared um, because awesome. that is the epitome of what more Heart Than stars stands for is, um, is all of us being able to live boldly past our scars, whether visible or invisible and transcend together, you know, yep. that's so,
0: awesome. I have to say, I wear my bracelet every day, <laughs> every day, um, you know, I think this is absolutely amazing. I am so excited and absolutely thrilled that I can share the fundraiser that you guys are doing, just share the journey of this with you um, as your friend and as a teammate and an outside person, because it's absolutely incredible. You are standing up for something that needs to be spoken up about so desperately, and you're doing it in such a phenomenal way. Like. Thank you, I love you. I love you too. Don't you start crying on me. (laughs) I will. I will. I'm emotional. (laughs) Um, But no, that's absolutely amazing. And to be there when you guys, um, when you got the trailer, the clip for the fundraiser, and just to see the excitement and joy on your face and Joey's face, and just how quickly like it got
1: shared. And yeah. how quickly people were willing to support it. I was just like, we're already like more than 20% of our goal. And um, I think we still have like 20 something days for it. To, I mean, so it, it's just, it's, it's phenomenal. the support that we have already gotten. And, um, and so to, to anybody who's listening to this and um, the OCR community, the, if you have already, um, selflessly contributed to, to help this, us make this documentary a success, like from the bottom of my heart with every fiber of my being, like, so, so grateful. And, um, I can definitely speak on behalf of, of everybody else that's a part of this production, including bird and my teammates and more art than stars. And we were all so grateful, um, for all of your support, um, and making something that is again, like, I, w- I want this to be bigger than me. Um, Yes, it's about my life, about my story, um, and about my journey to take on this mountain. Um, but it's so much bigger than that.
0: Yes, I can totally agree. And again, like all the links are gonna be up in the bio for this podcast. And I thank um, you so
1: much. And just so everybody oh, knows, when you click on the link for um the for the documentary, the first thing that you're gonna see is that trailer. Um, that Lisa is talking about. So um, you'll yes. be able to see a sneak peek of the video and the vision behind it.
0: Yes. And it's awesome. Like it's, it's <laughs> amazing. Um, and of course, you know, for everybody listening to it, the links are on, I think BeastNet shared it a half a dozen times. Yeah, I personally yeah. shared it. Dawn it's has like, yeah, It's, all,
1: it's all over your all pages. Of like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's everywhere to find it. And it doesn't take much support, support, and like yeah. help this like, or a dollar, $5 person, anything, yes. anything Helps. else, anything else. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I also want to say too, to Jules and Phi uh, regarding like Phoenix race. Yeah. Oh my God. If you have a chance and you're in the South, the North, like anywhere on the other side of the country, other than the West coast, Get to those races and check them out. Not only one, the birch is amazing. The, <laughs> I think their medal is like one of my top five oh, favorite sorry, medals
1: now. Yeah, Katie. <laughs> uh, heat, so Nala. she needs extra love right now. Oh, poor
0: Nala. Um, <laughs> but their, the medal is absolutely Gorgeous,
1: like. Yes. As, like I have mine hanging on my wall. Actually, um, I am putting mine in the mail this week. Um, one of the things that I forgot to talk about, and you were able to witness, um, we had oh, yeah. the sweetest little angel. Um, her name is Gemma, and I want to say she has a very rare form of muscular dystrophy. Um, and uh, her her parents, she's a little girl, and her parents brought her out to the venue, um, the morning before our race and just specifically to meet me. And, um, because of, uh, the, being a formal title holder for Miss Chair America. And, um, you know, we, we told, told Gemma, I told Gemma, um, before I started the race, when I met her that, um, I was doing the race for her and that that medal was for her. And so, um, she reached out to her mom and going to be putting that in the mail this week. Uh, along with a phoenix shirt uh, for gemma and just you know it, it meant so much to me that um they brought her out to specifically meet me um but but more than anything um it, it it meant the world she's she's one of my biggest whys is is other people specifically children that are built born with disabilities um to be able to give them that that encouragement and be that role model to show them that, they can absolutely live active lives and their dreams and reach their goals. It's just going to look differently. And that's all right.
0: Oh, hell yeah. It is that watching that take place was like, again, humbling and awe inspiring, just like the outpouring of love from everybody who was there and watching you and Joey interact with her was just like, she's a beautiful light in this world. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm trying it's like... not to cry right now because it was just it was amazing to see, um, but yeah, get out the Phoenix race, check them out, they're awesome, and you know not canceled. Yes, <laughs> like that's, not canceled. That's, that's, her <laughs>
1: thing, that's Jules thing. Not canceled, and yeah, that was blast. actually the only races that I was able to do last year was Julie's races. So like I'm it's still crazy. so unbelievably grateful for that. And um, one of the uh, so many- far many reasons I will always support Julie always. Yeah, exactly. It's the one race I've been
0: able to meet to this year. Not sure if we're going to get any more. Oh, you are. (laughs) True.
1: I'm on lockdown (laughs) West coast right now. So, you know, all right. It's all good. I'm going to have you over here on the East coast sooner than later. I'm working on it. Uh, oh yeah, it's going to happen. Like, I, it's going to happen.
0: I know things that others don't right now, but it's good. <laughs> um, okay, so, girl. Well, yep, you will. <laughs> You're a farther north, But I'll be on the East Coast. <laughs> Yay. Um, but Erica, thank you for coming on and for sharing mm. the your story and what's going on with um, meandering scars and bird mine. Like, this is so phenomenal to watch come to fruition, and
1: I can't wait to see the final. Thank you so much for having me again. You're welcome. I, you know, I love you, but I love all of you guys. I love my beastnet family, and you, love um, you guys too. It's always such an honor, and um, you know, for you guys to to interview us and be able to share more and more with um, the OCR community about what we do and. Exactly. Um, think differently. Think outside of the box. Yes. It's not always about us. No, it's not. Well, thanks for
0: listening, everybody. Have a great night.